Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the empowering world of The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. This enlightening book offers guidance on fostering a radical self love that can revolutionize our relationship with our bodies and, in turn, spark significant societal transformation. It challenges the structures of power that thrive on body shame and compels us to reevaluate how we value ourselves and others. Sonia Renee Taylor, a renowned poet, activist, educator, and the visionary behind the Body is Not an Apology movement, provides not only a beacon of hope, but also practical steps to dismantle the pervasive issues of body negativity. Her work is a call to action for social justice advocates, individuals struggling with body shame, and frankly, anyone who possesses a body. In this narrative, Taylor's expertise merges with her compassionate approach, making it a crucial read for those seeking to ignite change both within themselves and in the wider world. Join us to uncover the transformative power that comes from embracing our bodies and stepping into a space of unequivocal self-acceptance. The Body is Not an Apology, The Power of Radical Self-Love Introduction Embark on a journey of radical self-love. Embrace a vibrant vision. Think of a world bathed in self-acceptance, where each person is in love with their own unique physique. It's a challenging dream to hold, isn't it? Despite the myriad differences between us, every person on this planet shares the universal truth of having a body. Yet curiously, we also share a collective uncertainty, even discomfort, regarding these vessels we live in. The roots of this unease are not accidental, but rather intricately woven into our upbringing. From the cradle onwards, we are hit by a tidal wave of societal expectations and norms, dictating which bodies are to be celebrated and which ones to be disregarded or shamed. Despite this tide of negativity, there lies a powerful counter, the practice of radical self-love. It is through this profound love for ourselves that we can unlearn decades of body shame, revel in the rich tapestry of human forms, and champion a cultural renaissance that uplifts everybody without exception. As we delve into the fabric of this narrative, we discover the omnipresent force of body terrorism, which speaks in a language of shame we've come to accept as our own, strategies to dismantle the formidable construct I call the body shame profit complex, which capitalizes on our insecurities, and the foundational keystones, the four pillars, that undergird the temple of radical self-love. Prepare to redefine your relationship with your body and ignite a revolution that starts within and radiates outward, beckoning a brighter, kinder world. Part 1. Discover the Power of Unconditional Body Positivity Imagine a scene set in a modest hotel room in Tennessee. Sonia Renee Taylor sits with her friend Natasha, who's grappling with the fear of an unplanned pregnancy. The intimacy of the moment unveils a deep-seated issue. Natasha hadn't insisted on condom use during a casual encounter because her cerebral palsy made discussing protection challenging. It was a revelation to Sonia, an epiphany about how shame can silence us and dismiss our body's integrity. This story illuminates a profound truth. 
Embracing radical self-love is our beacon towards both personal growth and societal change. Sonia's spontaneous affirmation to Natasha, your body is not an apology, wasn't just a supportive gesture. It was a wake-up call. It unearthed the understanding that we're born brimming with an inherent, unbridled love for our bodies, only to have it eroded by shame as we grow older. But what does radical self-love truly mean? It transcends self-confidence, which might offer a sense of high self-regard, but falls short of this concept's depth. It's not mere self-acceptance either, which sometimes denotes a complacent settling. Echoing the words of activist Angela Davis, radical self-love isn't about making peace with the status quo. It's about actively questioning and reshaping it. One may ask, why the emphasis on the physical? Well, if we examine the seeds of injustice, they invariably sprout from the soil of prejudice against different body types. The essence of oppression is found in the denigration of our varied corporeal forms. And so we reach the crux of why self-love must not only be radical, but revolutionarily so. Radical denotes the imperative need for wide-ranging shifts across political and social realms, celebrating the mosaic of bodies that compose our society. It speaks to the importance of nurturing a world that embraces the full spectrum of human identity, ensuring every body is valued and provided the justice it deserves. Part 2. Unraveling the Threads of Body Shame the path to peace and acceptance. Pause for a moment and think back to when you first felt uncomfortable in your skin, when the pure joy of simply having a body turned into a source of embarrassment or guilt. Perhaps during adolescence or even earlier, our bodies transform, and this is often when the shadow of body shame first descends. Sonia Renee Taylor's experiences guiding others through workshops on radical self-love have shown that this is a collective truth. These feelings of shame flourish at specific milestones in our lives. Consider demons' childhood memory, a painful fall, a moment of vulnerability, and a harsh lesson on masculinity that stayed with him into adulthood. Man up, only sissies cry, they said. Damon carried this burden, believing that real men disregard their pain. It wasn't until a life-threatening stroke at 37 did he begin to unravel these toxic threads of belief that had defined his understanding of his own body? To walk the path of radical self-love, we must first navigate the three pieces, peace with our misunderstandings, peace with our differences, and peace with our bodies themselves. We often react to what we don't comprehend in others with dismissal or negative judgment. The first piece asks us to acknowledge this instinct and answer the challenging question. Why do I need others to conform to my own ideas of normalcy? Understanding may escape us, but respect should not. The second piece, finding peace with difference, is a complex pursuit steeped in our evolutionary past. Our forebears trusted familiarity for survival, eyeing difference with suspicion. Today, however, security no longer demands such discrimination. By embracing our inherent adaptability, we can choose a different path, one that celebrates human complexity rather than fears it. Remember, proclaiming that we're all the same often discards the unique struggles some experience. It erases rather than honors diversity. And finally, confronting our relationship with our bodies brings us to the third piece. 
Body shame doesn't appear in a vacuum. It's often a learned behavior passed down through generations. By identifying and challenging our own stories of indoctrination, as Demon did, we lay the groundwork for change. But it's not enough to simply reflect on these stories. To truly release the grip of body-based oppression, we need to dig deeper and understand its pervasive nature in our world. In the following discussion, we'll unearth the societal roots of body shame and chart a course toward genuine self-love and body acceptance. Part 3. Navigating the Troubled Waters of Systemic Body Invalidation Take a moment and think about the insidious messages we receive that tell us our bodies aren't good enough. What's important to understand is that body shame isn't solely the product of personal interactions. It's deeply embedded in the very structure of our society. Advertising, media, and commercial interests paint an unrealistic picture of what bodies should look like, an image that matches only a minuscule portion of the American population. Then, they capitalize on the inevitable insecurities that arise when the majority who don't match up start seeking solutions. This cycle is what Sonia Renee Taylor has termed the body shame profit complex, BSPC. It's a system that prospers by promoting an exclusive ideal and then offering the fixes for those it marginalizes. Of course, the damage is not simply cosmetic. The real harm is these systems thrive by delegitimizing bodies that deviate from the supposed norm. When navigating our consumer culture, it's critical to distinguish between purchases made in our best interest and those made because we feel inadequate. The former stems from genuine needs or desires, while the latter can be traced back to the BSPC. It's how the system ensnares us, tempting us to spend money to correct so-called flaws. But it's not just advertisers and corporations at our heels. Governments, too, play a significant role in reinforcing the hierarchy of bodies. Consider how laws and policies privilege certain body types over others, setting standards for who is deserving of space, resources, and respect. This power play is evident around the world, as seen in New Zealand's immigration policy that discriminates against those with higher body mass indices. Under these pressures, individuals are coerced into a state of constant anxiety, a phenomenon Sonia defines as body terrorism. And it truly is a form of terrorism, using fear and intimidation to enforce conformity to arbitrary standards, leaving countless people feeling they must apologize for their very existence. Yet there's a glimmer of hope on the horizon by consciously choosing where and how to spend our money, and by rejecting the imposed narratives of body shame, we can reclaim our bodies and our self-worth. As we move forward, we'll delve deeper into the concept of radical self-love and learn how it equips us to confront and disrupt these oppressive systems. Part 4. The Framework of Radical Self-Love Four Pillars to Shift Your Life Picture yourself on a serene Bahamian beach standing before the imposing Dean's Blue Hole. As with the deep-sea diver finding the courage to plunge into the mysterious abyss, our journey into radical self-love prompts us to differentiate between baseless fears and real dangers. It's a voyage that not only alters our mindset, but also demands action and ultimately transforms the essence of our being. Let's dive into the essence of this voyage through the four guiding pillars of radical self-love practice. The initial pillar, removing toxicity, 
positions us as the curators of our thoughts. Our brains are a mosaic pieced together from personal experiences and societal influences, including harmful messages about which bodies are acceptable and which are not. Engaging in radical self-love requires us to sift through those messages consciously, to retain what reflects our true selves and discard the harmful external noise. To begin, it may help to turn down the volume on media consumption. Remember, each day, our senses are bombarded with up to 15.5 hours of content, much of it teeming with body-shaming undertones. Next time you're tuned into a show, ask yourself, does this resonate with my beliefs, or is it a product of the body-shame-profit complex? Don't hesitate to change the channel. Your attention, after all, is currency for media networks. Next, we approach the pillar of elevated thought, labeled Mind Matters, urging us to nurture a headspace of limitlessness and empathy. With the distractions and judgments minimized, there's room to foster a perspective of compassion, both for oneself and for the diverse bodies around us. The third pillar urges practical steps, demanding unapologetic action. This phase may feel strenuous, like flexing atrophied muscles, because it's about transforming habits through tangible, consistent practice. It's here that we actively connect with our bodies in joyful ways, be it through movement, touch, or simply viewing ourselves with a renewed sense of childlike awe. But our journey doesn't end here. As we immerse ourselves in these transformative practices, another pillar waits ahead, one that isn't so much about doing as it is about being. This pillar is essential, anchoring us to the heart of radical self-love, and in our following discussion we'll delve deeper into this transformative state of existence. Part 5. Fostering a World of Empathy – The Path Towards Ending Body Terrorism Reflect for a moment on the ways we've internalized and perpetuated the cycle of body terrorism, not just against ourselves, but against others. We receive and broadcast toxic messages without intention, and through our silence we become an integral part of a cycle that continually feeds body shame. But awareness of the systemic foundations of body oppression can spiral into what's known as metashame, where we scold ourselves for participation in the very cycle we detest. The antidote? Action. Specifically, action in the form of the fourth and final pillar, collective compassion. It's the step where we cultivate a deeper relationship with others and invest in communal healing. To transcend the harsh realities of body terrorism, we must embrace an ideal of radical human love. This is the ultimate route to our collective freedom. Such an endeavor might feel overwhelmingly generous at face value, but if your aspiration is to reside in a world free from body shaming, the cycle must be broken for everyone, without exception. The journey to master the language of radical self-love is akin to learning any other language. Imagine growing up amid an environment where everyone spoke a certain dialect. It would become your native tongue. To learn a new language, it would demand dedication and immersion, classes and practice. Even if you were to become fluent in the new language, your thoughts would occasionally slip into the old one. That's the situation with our ingrained patterns of body terrorism. We're fluent because it's all we've known from an early age. And even as we move away from active participation, 
implicit biases still linger subconsciously. The challenge is to catch those biases as they emerge. It's about understanding the privileges we carry, how even seemingly benign neglect, like not checking for wheelchair accessibility when booking a venue, can perpetuate systems of discrimination. This lack of consideration, whether deliberate or not, becomes a cornerstone in the maintenance of an ableist structure. Our task, then, is to maintain vigilant self-awareness about our thoughts and actions, and to actively embrace empathy and inclusivity. Through conscious effort and embracing the ethos of radical human love, we chart a path towards a liberated society where the physical form is celebrated in all its diversity. Part 6. Difficult Dialogues. Light the way to societal transformation. Imagine a scenario steeped in political tension where potential changemakers are engaged in a fraught debate on the best way to combat deep-seated societal issues. This was the reality for Hillary Clinton during the 2015 US presidential primaries when confronted by Black Lives Matter activists. Clinton initially argued that changing hearts was less crucial than changing laws and systemic structures. Yet, the ongoing struggle against racially biased mass incarceration in the US demonstrated that legislating change is inadequate in eradicating ingrained prejudices. As time went on, even Clinton's stance evolved to acknowledge that true equality involves both legislative reform and shifting personal beliefs. To foster radical self-love, we are called to join this dance of reform and reflection, where difficult discussions about injustice and oppression become catalysts for transformation. Hold space for the critical insight that bringing about a radical self-love revolution extends beyond our conversations. It requires initiating conversations about the hard truths of inequality, privilege, and power. These are not topics that yield to quick fixes. Changing entrenched beliefs will always be an ongoing process. When venturing into these dialogues, it's imperative to be mindful of our language. Prohibit words that undermine or insult the myriad forms and experiences of the human body. Strive for a dialogue rooted in curiosity and empathy rather than debate that invites division. Understand that people often solidify their stance when feeling attacked, and it's through understanding and mutual respect that real change can happen. Embrace accountability as part of your practice. Recognize that your actions have impacts, sometimes harmful ones, regardless of intention. Accepting discomfort is integral to the journey, and it behooves you to ask yourself, what might I gain or lose by embracing a different point of view? Notice when a voice is absent from the conversation and delve into its absence. In our present world, the bodies differing most from the established default suffer so that others may exist without conflict. To break free from the shackles of systemic oppression, we must intervene actively, not from a place of condescension, but by joining hands with those already fighting for justice. In the words of Leela Watson, your liberation is intrinsically linked with that of others. Only by working together, recognizing that collective liberation is a shared goal, can we pave the way towards a world free of body terrorism? Part 7. A Truth Unveiled. Oppression and its Physical Manifestation. 
Within our grasp lies a poignant truth articulated in The Body is Not an Apology. Bodies are not the only designators of oppression, but all oppression is enacted on the body. This statement cuts to the heart of the matter, exposing the universal crux of various discriminations. It is an insight that pierces through the layers of systemic injustice, revealing that, while oppression may be rooted in myriad factors beyond physical form, it inevitably materializes through bodily harm or constraint. All battles against injustice, no matter their origin, converge on the tangible and shared experience of the body. This revelation beckons us to see the body not just as a boundary for individual identity, but as a collective battleground where oppression leaves its mark, and thus, where the fight for liberation must be waged. It's a compelling call to acknowledge the profound ways in which our physical selves become the terrain where societal injustices are both inscribed and resisted. Part 8. Embracing Our Multifaceted Selves the call of radical self-love. Radical self-love demands that we see ourselves and others in the fullness of our complexities and intersections and that we work to create space for those intersections. This powerful declaration from The Body Is Not An Apology challenges us to confront the multifarious aspects of our identities. In this clarion call to accept and honor the manifold dimensions of our personalities and experiences, we are implored to cultivate an environment where every facet can coexist without judgment or restriction. It's not merely an internal journey of acknowledging our own diverse traits, but also an external mission to foster inclusive spaces for others. Radical self-love, therefore, is both reflective and active, advocating for recognition and validation of the intricate tapestry that composes human identity. Through this lens of radical self-love, we are stirred to embrace the totality of who we are and support others in doing the same, acknowledging that true acceptance lies in nurturing the interwoven strands of our complex selves. Final Summary In the pursuit of triumphing over body terrorism, the indispensable force is radical self-love, a powerful, transformative self-acceptance that reverberates outward to foster societal change. It is a journey that commences within, through insightful reflection and a re-evaluation of our ingrained beliefs concerning our bodies. The path towards radical self-love is laid with a commitment to purge toxic thoughts, take deliberate actions that affirm our worth, and deepen our empathy for others. It is a practice that requires us to confront and dismantle the body-shame-profit complex, recognizing and rejecting the societal structures that profit from our insecurities. Uniting against oppression in all its forms demands robust self-love and extends beyond individual work to embrace the collective. It calls for engaging in meaningful conversations, standing against injustices, and understanding that our own liberation is interlinked with that of every other body. As you embark on this journey, let radical self-love guide you to remold hearts, minds, and the world at large. This summary encapsulates the spirit of the body is not an apology. That recognizing and celebrating the full scope of our intricate identities is the key to unraveling the myriad forms of body oppression that plague our society. With each step on this path, 
we pave the way towards a liberated and inclusive world where every person can live free of body shame. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.